Many of us have had prophetic words spoken over our lives, and we don't know how that thing is going to come to pass. And in the through part of it, it's rough. How many, spelled through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Rough. It's right in the middle of through. for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the Word. I would like for you to stay tuned today. If you have felt like your life has been upside down, that all the things that are going on around you just don't make sense, everything is topsy-turvy, the one thing that you thought was going to go right went wrong. Well, today we're going to give you some great understanding about how God is going to use that for your good. If you will, if everyone will please turn to the book of Genesis. Seeing as this is the beginning of the year, um, a New Year's resolution of many people is to read through the Bible in one year. Um, I must say that I've made that resolution probably for the past six years. And around June, July, something seems to happen. Maybe it's because the kids are out of school. I don't know. I always seem to fall off the wagon. But this year, I have found a great resource, and I'd like to share it with you. The name of it is the Audio Daily Bible. It is um, the Daily Audio Bible. It's called the Dab a Day, D-A-B. I listen to this gentleman. His name is Brian Harden, and he brings the word so well every day. That allows me to do what I'm doing in the house. I hear the word of God. I can be riding in my car. I could be washing dishes. But it's not cumbersome to hear the word of God. And he always reads it to the sound of something refreshing, nature, water, birds chirping. And it really does build me. And I believe that's how I came to have three messages out of the one Because I get this word in me every day, and it seems to just be like a fresh spring. You know how you can see a bubbling brook, and how you just wonder where this water is coming from? Well, the Lord says he'll be a, a river of living water flowing from your belly. And I can see that just in me just studying for this one sermon. And it has been such a rich blessing. But if you go to dailyaudiobible.com, that has nothing to do with this ministry, but it is truly a blessing in my life. I believe it will help you. If you have an iPod, just, just search on Brian Harden. It has really blessed me. Well, in the book of Genesis, go to chapter 44, if you will, please. That is at the closer to the end. Within these three sermons that I got out of one, that I was supposed to be doing one, The gentleman that we will talk about today is Joseph. How many of you have heard of Joseph in the Bible? Not Jesus' father, Joseph, but the Joseph of the Old Testament. The Joseph that is the son of Jacob. And my son Joseph is raising his hand. Well, starting at verse 1, we are going to talk about an instance that, that Joseph had when he was in the house of Pharaoh. Joseph has many, many, many different instances in his life where he had to go through. And that's one of the other... The sermon titles is On the Other Side of Through, just me going through the life of Joseph to see all that he went through. Oh, my Lord, I think I went through some stuff in these 37 years. Nothing like what Joseph went through. But in his toiling in his life, he comes to a time now where he is actually back at the top of his game and he is in the house of the king. He is actually as impor- just as important as the king is. And he is 
in the presence of his brothers who have betrayed him. He has had the opportunity to trick them just like they tricked him. He has had the opportunity to make them terrified. But he has also seen the prophetic come into existence when he spoke to them in his adolescence and said, you all are going to bow to me. They couldn't understand how in the world this was going to happen. Even his father said, you mean to tell me I'm going to bow to you where his brothers began to hate him and envy him for it. His father began to watch him. Well, in this instance, he is before his brothers and he has found out that he has a younger brother. Can you imagine being away from your family for 20, 25, 30 years, knowing that they left you, did, did not care about you, didn't even come looking for you, didn't send his father had money and he knew his father could have sent man, woman, boy, girl, just to see if he was okay. But he believed that he didn't know that his brothers told his father that he had been killed and that this bear or this lion or this animal had rent him in two and they brought the coat of many colors back, wrenched in blood. He didn't know that, but he knew that his father loved him. So I'm sure he had a whole lot of stuff going on on the inside of him when he was before them. But when he found out that he had a baby brother, he told his brothers, look, okay, just because I know how you all will lie, I want one of you to stay with me but I want you to go back and get this brother of yours and bring him back to me. So he held one captive and the rest went. Well, when they got to Jacob and told Jacob that we've got to take Benjamin back because we can't, if we're going to get any more food, he said, we can't come back till we have our baby brother, Benjamin. And Jacob said, why didn't y'all tell him you have a brother? Well, you know, a father very overprotective of his son because he know his first son went away to see about his brothers and didn't return. He wanted to make sure that this one did. But as time went on and they got hungrier and hungrier and hungrier, Jacob realized I have no choice but to send my child with you. And I just pray that God's spirit be with him. Well, when they get in front of Joseph, Joseph sees him and he says, is this the, is this the brother you say you have back at home? And they say, yes. And he Oh, it says, and he was overcome with compassion. And he looked, he said, God be with you, my son. And at that moment, he had to walk away because he realized that he was the child that he was not supposed to be here by Rachel. He was the child that was was told, you will never have children. All those years you were barren. My daddy loved my mommy, but she wasn't supposed to have me. And I have a brother. So he was overcome with joy. Let's read at verse one. After he told them to leave and go and get this brother and come back with him. Now Joseph is is so full that he doesn't want this brother to leave him. He's so happy and full of joy that he got his baby brother that he devises a scheme to keep his brother. And this is how it goes. Verse chapter one, chapter 44 of Genesis, verse one. Now, Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Fill the men's sack with as much food as they can carry. And put each man's silver in the mouth of his sack. Then put my cup, now the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the silver cup treatment. Look at the other neighbor and say, it's the silver cup treatment. Continuing on. And he did as Joseph said. As morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys. 
They had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to the steward, now go after those men at once. And when you catch up with them, say to them, why have you repaid good for evil? Isn't this, isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. When they caught up with him, when he caught up with them, he repeated these very words to them. But they said to him, hey, you know, we just been badgered. Why does this, why does my Lord say such things? Far be it from your servants to do anything like that. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found inside the mouths of our sacks. So why would we steal the silver or gold from your master's house? Hey, guess what? We're so sure we don't have it. If any of your servants here is found to have it, he will die. And the rest of us will become my Lord's slaves. They were sure they didn't have it. Very well then, he said. Let it be as you say. Whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. Each of them quickly lowered their sacks to the ground and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Verses 13 through 15, they just basically, it basically says that they don't want to leave Benjamin. They realize now that they messed up again. They don't want to leave Benjamin. So they're trying to convince him, we'll be your slaves. Just take all of us. Well, Judah says, please give me audience with Joseph. Let me talk to him. So verse 17, but Joseph said, after hearing this, that look, just keep all of us. We'll all be your slaves. We don't have any money anyway. Let us just stay and serve you, but don't take our brother. We can't, we cannot go back home without our brother. It would make more sense if you just take all of us, you know, one big package. Joseph said, far be it from me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you go back to your father in peace. Tell, some, tell somebody next to you, it's the silver cup treatment. Now look at the other person again, somebody you didn't look at before and say, it's the silver cup treatment. Have you ever thought about the fact that there are times in your life when God doesn't want everybody, but he just wants you. And there are times when people will fall away from you. Jobs will be removed from you. Homes, apartments, where you live will be totally snatched away from you and you can't understand is sabotage. And why in the world is this happening to me? Joseph didn't want all of them. He just wanted Benjamin. So there are times in our lives when God will give us the silver cup treatment. We won't know what the thing is or how or why. But when he wants just us, he has a way to just get us in total seclusion that is just us for him. Now, mind you, this setup wasn't for Benjamin's falling. This was not a bad thing. Joseph wanted to bless Benjamin. Joseph didn't want to bless Benjamin in the presence of his brothers. He already knew their heart. He already knew that they were evil, that they had not devised good for him in the beginning. But they didn't know who he was because he spoke to them First of all, his countenance was different. He, he was an Egyptian. As, and if you know, the Egyptians wear makeup. They don't, they don't just go around natural. They wear the black makeup. They have their faces and their hair cut a specific way. They don't just look like anybody. So this is a man now who doesn't look like a Hebrew anymore. 
he looks like an Egyptian because he is next to the Pharaoh in the Pharaoh's house. Why would he look like a Hebrew? He's standing before them and he's talking to them with an interpreter. But he understands every word they're saying. So this, when I read this, it really struck me because sometimes I wonder, Lord, I have friends, but I haven't talked to my friends in three, four months. Why? Don't they like me? I've called and left messages and I haven't received a call back. I've even sent a card to say hello. I didn't even get a card back. I sent Evite. I sent an email. I sent this. I said, well, Stephanie, just at this particular time in your life, maybe I just want you. Maybe I just want you instead of trying to talk to them on the phone. I just want you to go into your secret place and spend time with me. That same time you're supposed to be talking on the phone, telling them all your business, unloading and venting, as you call it. Vent to me. Talk to me. Come unto me. It's the silver cup treatment. Now, if you will, I want you to turn to chapter 43. Just go back one more chapter because I want you to see the heart of Joseph, that this was not something he was doing to to hurt his brother. As we know, he loved his brother. But see, God can can do things in our lives. And because we cannot understand the mind of God, because we cannot he, it says it's, it's higher than our minds, okay? It's, it's far above what we can ask or think. So in chapter 43, verse 19, this is the way he wanted, this, these are the things that he wanted to do. See, Benjamin was the prize. And this was what jo- Joseph wanted to bless Benjamin. Verse 19, so they went up to Joseph's steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house. This is when they were coming the first time to get food. They were in a, in a famine. This is how Joseph came to be where he was. Let me explain this. This was how he came to be as almost as high up as the king. He interpreted the king's dream. And the king, he told the king, now look, since I've now told you what's going to happen, there's going to be seven years of famine, well, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. But during the seven years of plenty, you need to store up a fifth of the Egyptians' Um, food. And then that would provide for you during the time of the famine. Well, when he was telling Pharaoh this, Pharaoh was looking around like, I don't know anybody else who could do this. I, I, I have, you know, I, my people, they crooked. They're going to take my stuff. Now, mind you, Joseph had already set up his own reputation in the house of Potiphar. It said in the word that when Joseph was in the house of Potiphar, that Potiphar was very pleased with Joseph and that God blessed Potiphar's house through Joseph. So much so that Potiphar didn't have a clue as to what all he owned. He trusted Joseph just that much all the way up until his wife said, hey, he tried to come on to me. He made a pass at me. Potiphar didn't ask one question. He just threw him in jail. But even though he was snatched away, guess what? Who was there waiting on him? God just wanted Joseph, right? All this power, all this clout. Because when he told, when the wife came to him and was like, you know, sleep with me. He said, woman, do you realize there is nobody else in this house other than your husband who is as powerful as I am? Why would I want to sleep with you and ruin that? I don't want to sleep with you. Not only that, I, I fear God. So why would I even do that? So it looked like Joseph had just a little bit pride, just a little bit. And God said, I can't have you like that. Snatched it from him again. 
Joseph was thrown in prison. And he's, I'm sure that we have a video at home that we show to our kids because I have a son who I, the Lord told me to specifically name him Joseph after this same Joseph in the Bible. And we were watching it and it's a cartoon and it showed how Joseph was in this dungeon, like a, a prison cell. And the, when he first got there, he was on his knees like, I just don't understand. What in the world just said? Why is it that as soon as I get where I'm okay, something just comes along and just just terrorizes my life and put me right back in this, this. I'm back in a pit again. This is just, I just don't understand. Well, what Joseph did while he was there was he began to tend to the people that were in this situation. Now, we're in the same situation he was. Instead of continuing to pout for himself, he used himself. I could see him with the robe that he came down there in as as priestly as he was and as wise as he was. I could see him tearing his robe and helping someone who was in in shackles and bandaging their wounds and and wiping their face and going to the, the water pot and getting water and bringing it to an elderly prisoner. And I believe the jailer saw him and said, something about this man makes me want to put him in a place of authority. So he went from being low, 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 back to moving on up. And as he showed himself to this, I called it a warden. As he shown himself to this warden, he began to rebuild what God had put in him for a purpose, such as seeing his own family. He didn't know that the Lord was fulfilling a prophecy. Many of us have had prophetic words spoken over our lives, and we don't know how that thing is going to come to pass. And in the through part of it, it's rough. Spelled through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Rough. It's right in the middle of through. Am I right? So when we're going through, we don't understand that God is trying to do a special thing in us. So when you all are going through, I want you to just remember, it may be rough, but it is for a purpose. It is for a purpose. Verse 19. So they went up to Joseph's steward and spoke to him at the entrance to the house. Please, sir, they said, we came down here the first time to buy food. But at the place where we stopped for the night, we opened our sacks and each of us found his silver, the exact weight in the mouth of his sack. So we scared to death, brought it back to brought it back with us to give it back to you. We don't want you to hurt us. We have also brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put our silver back in our sacks. Joseph said, (laughs) it's all right. Now, mind you, he's talking through an interpreter. It's all right, he said. Don't be afraid. Your God, the God of your father, has given you treasure in your sacks. I received your silver, basically saying, and I gave it back to you. Then he brought Simeon out to them, which was the person he kept in order to make sure that Benjamin was brought back. The steward took the men into Joseph's house, gave them water to wash their feet and provided fodder for their donkeys. I assume that that is food. They prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon because they had heard that they were to eat there. When Joseph came home, they presented him. They presented to him the gifts they had brought into the house and they bowed before him to the ground. Prophecy fulfilled. Can you imagine the emotion he felt realizing that his dreams had come into fruition. 27. He asked them how they were, and then he said, How is your aged father you told me about? Is he still living? They replied, Your servant, our father, is still alive and well. And they bowed low to pay him honor. 
As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God, be gracious to you, my son. Look at your neighbor and say the silver cup treatment. Moving on down to verse 31. After he had washed his face from crying, he came out and controlling himself said, serve the food. They served him by himself, the brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews, for that is detestable to the Egyptians. Verse 33. The men had been seated before him in the order of their ages from the firstborn to the youngest. And they looked at each other in astonishment when portions were served to them from Joseph's table. Benjamin's portion was five times as much as everyone else's. So, of course, they feasted and drank freely with him. Say it's the silver cup treatment. When God just wants you. He's not just going to give you a little portion. He has an abundance waiting for you. He says in his word, he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He's going to anoint our heads with oil. And what? Our cup is going to run over. That means it's not just going to be a little bit. It's going to be overflowing. We need the silver cup treatment. It's time for us to stop fighting it. He's calling us. 2010 starts a new decade, and there have been so many movies made saying that 2012 is going to be the end. I'm letting you know I am not going to be 2012 saying, dog, I wish. I'm starting way back. I'm, I'm making sure 2010 is covered. Because when I go before the throne of grace, I don't want him saying, where were you? I actually presented you with a silver cup. I called you. I beckoned you. I said, just come and spend time with me. And you were too busy trying to fix what I did to get you before me. Just rest in him. That's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Oh, Lord, just resting in him. He says, take upon me my yoke because my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. That's the, y'all know that's hard, take on Jesus' yoke? And I'm not even talking about bearing the cross. I'm talking about ignoring the things that I think are important just to be at his feet. So the silver cup treatment is not a curse. It's not a punishment. He really is trying to bless us. He's trying to provide something more than what we can see. Just open your heart and allow him to bless you. I have actually had, it's going to sound crazy, but I've actually had a proposition made to me. And I, I want it. I want you to know I only have five minutes, less than five minutes. But it's something that it it triggered me to know the devil is so trying to snatch up everybody possible as with as fast of a move as he can. He basically said to me, when you're singing on the praise team, just praise me. Won't nobody know you praising me and watch me move in your life. And I felt like I was Jesus standing at that mount. When he said, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you all of this. I got so mad. But I realized there's so many stars. It's so many people who are making it big. And we see all the glitz and the glamour. And we don't understand that they have basically told the devil, okay. It was a simple okay that I had to say. All I had to say was okay. 
He said, when you're raising your hands and singing to me, they won't know it. They'll think you're singing it to him. So many have sold out and we have to be careful. We have to be very careful. Be specific, y'all. He's a jealous God. And we and we really have to serve him in fullness and in spirit and in truth. So just from one Christian who's going T-H-R-O-U-G-H to another Christian that's going through, be specific. Call his name and tell the devil you a lie and I will never serve you. Step on him, kick him and put him out of your life. The um, the biggest thing that I saw that the Lord was was showing me was we have preconceived notions about others and others have preconceived notions about us. And it's so important that we focus on just God. I recognize that we've always thought that we've served Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. We, we always think that's who we're serving when we say God. But there are two gods of this earth. And I gathered from all of this because Joseph was in a house that was not truly serving a God. He was there and the house was being blessed as a result of his existence. How many of you have seen businesses just be blessed just because you're there? And then when you leave, it goes to pot. It's because God blesses his people who serve him. And I felt it important. And, and a move of him for me to tell you, call his name. G-O-D is just like saying lady or man. He has a name. Jehovah. Yahweh. He is Abba Father. Call his name when you pray. Because the devil can easily say, who are you talking to? Me or him? Be specific. And watch your prayer life change. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because brother and sister, you need the word. This ends message number 6304 by Stephanie Brauner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6304 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6304. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.